0: Blob Talk
1: Radio. I stroll through the pictures What I've left behind you want to I'm locked up in memories They all intertwine The memories in my mind I know tomorrow Cause that zone will come You will never know what
0: you've done. Hello and uh, good evening and welcome to the NASCA Stop Child Abuse Now blog talk radio show. NASCA is the National Association of Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. My name is uh, Victoria Kelly, and I'm your host for this evening. And we are on scan number 3268. And I'm excited to introduce to you our special guests this evening. However, first, I'd like to say that we have a single purpose here at NASCA, to address issues related to childhood abuse and trauma, including sexual assault, violent or physical abuse, emotional traumas and neglect, and we do so with only two goals. One, educating the public, especially as related Helping society get over its taboo of discussing childhood sexual abuse and presenting facts showing child abuse to be a pandemic worldwide problem that affects everyone. And number two, offering hope and healing through numerous paths, providing many services to adult survivors of child abuse and information for anyone interested in the many issues involving prevention, intervention, and recovery. Again, we are on scan number three two. Eight and if you'd like to be part of the panel this evening, please call in at 646-595-2118. And my co-host or myself will meet you on the back line and ask if you'd like to ask a question or have anything to say. We have we'd love to have you join us and support our guest. You now our special guest this evening is uh, Pastor Deborah. Um, and uh, hello, Pastor Deborah. Hello. How are you this evening?
2: I'm pretty good. And how about you? Oh,
0: I'm doing okay. Doing good. I guess good. we're um, going to... Annie c-
2: was supposed to be on tonight,
0: but um, I, think, uh, I think she's on vacation. <laughs> so it's
2: all right, Victoria. We can carry I- the show by ourselves. We can do it.
0: Yeah, it's you and I, and we also have a, a call-in um, on, uh, on hold as well. And so
1: maybe all right, I bring can bring her on. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. yeah. Okay, hi there. Hi no, um what was your name again? Lori. Lori Purcell. Lori. Oh, nice nice that you could come on tonight. Um so Pastor Deborah's on and she usually has a uh a, a topic and uh but we can uh, um keep the lines open, keep the mics open, um and have some somewhat of a discussion. That's okay, Pastor Deborah.
2: Yeah, that's good. I'm filling in for somebody, so I don't know. Oh, okay.
0: Well, you're on. You're you're the special guest tonight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: So I'm glad you could come on. Thanks for...
1: Yeah,
2: I do have some topics that are dealing with healing from the trauma, and I sort of got an ABC of it, okay? And so when people are seeking healing, okay at whatever age, some people do seek it. As in childhood, the number A one is what are the stages that if you're a parent or a friend or a spouse or the person, what are the stages you might go through with healing? Then how is it done, both in the mental health world and we'll say through spiritual ministry work, which I do. And then the C part, the third part is, Who will I be The healing comes? Because many people spend their lifetime in a victim identity or uh, with many different, we'll call them personalities, identities, and they don't know who they will be when they're sort of healed, and it's an unfamiliar identity versus the victim identity. So those were the topic areas I was going to talk on and uh, bring up, um, I'm very topic oriented so that people can, you know, think about things and ask questions because we know the listeners, they're all along the line of their healing journey and some of them are just getting started by telling their story. Some are in the process of just getting used to that and recognizing the abuse happened. Some might be uh, trying to deal with, as you did, Victoria, drug and alcohol issues first and trying to get a handle on that so they can even get their mind clear. And then other people 30, 40 years down the road, and they might still be uh, in the healing process. I just wanted to talk about those topic areas about healing from trauma and mm-hmm. what are some of the things. So I'll leave it to you to
1: uh,
2: see if there's anybody online or, or do whatever
0: well, you Laurie, want to do right now. Lori, do you have uh, anything you'd like to ask or want to discuss uh, with those um, ideas?
1: Oh, tonight... I def I have one. I don't. Really, I didn't check to see what it was like. And I've had this this subject going on for a while. Um, the kids. It's always the kids with me. And in the early stages of abuse, nobody is allowed to go into the locker room where they change for gym or the shower, mm-hmm. even the bathroom and whatnot. That's mm-hmm. where a lot of this abuse starts. Mm -hmm. I believe that there should be, at this point, a guard right in the bathroom while these people have to do what they got to do and keep them safe and then let them out. So any which way to get that going is definitely uh, worthwhile. Typically, how the
2: school system works with, we'll say, athletes, Okay. I, I never was one, is that you have, you know, a, a coach of that sport or a PE teacher. And, of course, they've gone to college. And I do not know if the rules for the showering place in the bathroom, who sets them? I don't know if it's the principal, if it's the school board, if it's the coach. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues now with transgenders coming in. And uh, that kind of thing. So you would first have to do some research into that. I don't know if there's national standards through the Department of Education you would have to check out or if there's like different sporting uh, organizations like volleyball versus uh, cheerleading, Okay. And who sets the bathroom uh, or the showering rules for that particular school? And what I've learned just by watching the news here lately is that within a city or a county, they have individual school board members who are elected. They have a lot of power. They make a lot of stuff. I don't know if they're the ones that are setting those rules if the principal does or if it's set down by state law. You'll have to get, do some research into that to find out who is writing the administrative guidelines for bathroom facilities, you know, that kind of thing. We know in some businesses you have outside You have, like, bathrooms, either male or female. But they can also have it where it's um, either, you know, sort of a family one, and you just kind of go in and you lock the door and stuff. So in the desire to protect the children in that situation, an advocate would have to do a lot of research, look at a lot of state laws, understand uh, how that laws and those things are decided. Uh Then they have to, you know, there's a big fight right now that's going on from the transgenders saying, we. I feel like I'm a girl, but I have a male body. But I'm going on my feelings, and I want to be in with the girls because I feel like I'm a girl. This is really going been,
1: on? Yes, my niece's daughter is transgender, and I was wondering how she was handled uh, in the gym or any other kind of place. Okay. I didn't how how. it's handled?
2: Okay, how it's handled in education system, uh, universities, in that area where you get changed and you shower and you change clothes. You would, as an advocate. Okay, for child abuse, you would have to do some research into uh, maybe court cases. There have been some, into some things that you're going to read a lot. You're going to learn a lot about who decides, uh, who makes the legal decision that this is the females and this is the males. Is that backed up by law, state, federal? And you have to, an advocate who wants to address this, you're going to spend a lot of time studying newspapers, judicial systems, lawsuits that have come up. You're going to be doing a lot of research to get a handle on what's happening. You've got to have statistics, how many times there has been child abuse reported, uh, who is responsible. For uh, this, is it the school board? They've had a things where a man attacked the, somebody in the school board because their daughter was sexually assaulted in the bathroom by a transgender. And they didn't, the school board, the principal, the guidance counselor, did not report it to the parents. There's a lot of power that goes on in the school system. A lot happens that the parents don't know about and the, and the school board decides this, and the principals decide this, and they got. and some of it's done by law at the state level and the county. So an advocate who wants to address this, you're going to have to get some statistics. You're going to have to be familiar with lawsuits. You're going to have to spend some time. So you understand the system, what's currently going on. You have to be very knowledgeable. It's sort of like a mission that you are on. And you're going to enter a war zone. So you had better be tough, educated. You better be ready to fight verbally with knowledge and information and be educated. Just wanting something to happen, wanting some changes does not get it. Done. You're going into an area where children are um, sort of already down. They're overpowered. Rules apply. There's cover-up. There's coaches happening. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. uh, And kids are afraid to come to the. The gym teacher, the school teacher, the principal They sweep it under the rug to Pray to tell their parents Okay, stuff happens And then you have, you know There's cases where you're having Transgenders sent to women's prisons And they're getting women pregnant But they say they are not Met female And you know, blah, blah So whatever area you choose To want to make changes in Or have addressed You have to be a good talker dress professionally, have a lot of contacts out there, be up to date with every news article, be in contact with a lawyer, be in contact with an advocacy group that's fighting for this, know your state law, be a well-educated person, and then you have to be tough because you're entering into a war that's fighting, that's going to try to steal heal, and destroy the children for the next generation and take innocent ones and turn them evil and wicked, destroy them, proverb. And if you are not tough, just being a wonderful, wonderful person who cares about children of abuse, wanting to make changes, is not going to cut it out there in that world. There's wolves, lions, and bears. And you have got to be very tough, be knowledgeable. you may have to get up and say, "I'll see you in court. You got to have money behind you, you got to have lawyers behind you, and you have to be ready to battle. Does that help you, Miss Lawrence?
1: Well, on that side it does, but I was looking at what's going on in her head, her feelings.
2: Um, The effect
1: that the abuses had taken, because she took a year off from school. She was homeschooled. This is the COVID thing. She chose to do that because she was being so badly bullied. And she's a sweet, kind person. So I'm wondering what kind of effect is this having on her? Okay. Okay.
2: When you are a sweet and kind person and... Even at home, you get abused, as you know. The world is an abusive place. Sweet, kind, innocent, wonderfully personality people are going to be attacked. Because the enemy of sweetness and kindness wants to destroy that. Okay? There's an enemy out there. And they want to destroy that person and turn them into an evil Wicked, hateful, jealous, filled with fear and terror. Okay? Parents are not knowledgeable. I had to take to work in the licensed clinical mental health counseling field, child development. How many parents have had child development development courses in high school? How many parents? I, I made a comment just today on LinkedIn. Parents don't even know the emotional development of a child. They don't even know that their own childhood, the parents, and the home life are the first groomers of human trafficking, the first abusers of the children, grandmas, grandpas, their lives that they had, Parents, they are the first. If They're ignorant of what's going on in the world. And they just think they can, it's a lovey-dovey, wonderful, sweet kind, and and they are not preparing their child to battle that. They are not preparing their child for life. Parents are the first groomers. They're the first educators. Their life is, I think I've talked to Victoria about this, they have discovered that when a child has childhood adverse experience, your parents divorce. You're a single parent. You are stay at home in isolation. And your parents are loving and kind and wonderful. That does not help you in the real world. You don't have knowledge of what waits outside the door. The home life. I've had the home life of a child is the first area where the child gets knowledge, wisdom, is bullied, disciplined, taught, prepares them. The parents have to prepare their child while they're protecting them to leave home and do battle out there. Most parents are very ignorant of child emotional development. They know nothing about... Transgender, they know nothing about the LGBT they know nothing about what is going on. they don't understand politics, they just get their kids in sports because I want them to get this. they don't understand the emotional development through puberty of children. they have no not they don't talk about it they don't understand a lot. A lot of parents are into witchcraft. They're into their ancestors. They're into, uh, we used to see in Hollywood where the parents would want push their children into the movies because the parents wanted the money and the glory, and they used their child. Children are pawns. Okay? But pay- people don't want to talk about parenting. So a child gets into school, however it is. In home school, there's child abuse. A parent can look at a child and abuse them with their eyes. There's child abuse in all kinds of religious cults, okay, that kind of thing and they are they preparing them for that world when they come out like a covid about that so yes, it is the child themselves are going through lots of emotions there's a lot of ideas coming in when bullying happens fear is their torment fear of death is occurring uh, the person that will disassociate The person will be tormented hopelessness sets in death is there i'm not loved uh, I, i'm not prepared i have no protection i don't know what to say my parents taught me to be loving and not fight back blah blah, blah. so you have a big mess does that answer your question Miss laurie you
1: got it thank you
2: Okay, and it is a thing that I, I, when you are trying to help people at whatever level, advocacy or understanding what's going on in the inside of a child, okay, you need knowledge, you need to be reading some books, you need to be going to some seminars free, need to be reading and seeing a lot of testimonies on YouTube. You need to go to a lot of free seminars on YouTube. You need education. You need to understand how the brain works, how the visuals work, how words work. What is bullying? What does that do to the brain? What is happening? Uh, What is going on at that level of child development, puberty, non-puberty? Why do kids bully each other. Even brothers and sisters bully each other. Why do the parents let that happen? Why do parents, a male and a, why do they bully each other? Why do grandparents bully their own kids? Okay. It goes on in families. But nobody wants to talk about it. Okay? The child is caught, unprepared, but really Victoria knows this. The gift of disassociation is there. They, their their core person of them Gets split off And guess what They'll end up They'll need a lot of healing And they, they can live in a victim type attitude Poor woe is me You'll see that a lot When people complain about their family Their family members And poor woe is me I might be black Poor woe is me I might be a female Poor woe is me uh, I, you know, blah, 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 poor, woe was me, I've been a victim, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay? They get into that role. Some of them get into, I'm just a quiet victim, I just muddle through life, and a trained healer has to know all about that. A trained advocate who's going to help people over, help the, we'll call it the systems, okay, legal systems, judicial systems, help they need some education. You can't go into any of this with just, I want to help people. That isn't going to change anything. And typically, you can't change powerful systems because there's so many people involved, so many, there's money, there's politics. There's all kinds of issues going on that is way beyond an advocate's uh, ability. How long have we had human trafficking, sex, girls? Uh, How long have we had that? How long have we had, you know, all kinds of things? Forever. Governments change, systems of government, but the human person does not change. So I found out that it was, you might get the books, change like it's illegal to do prostitution right Well, what did the, the police they passed laws they arrest the prostitute who's probably been sexually abused trying to make money a job but they don't arrest the guy for soliciting it's okay for him to do that because the system's controlled mainly by men. It was illegal to sell sex, but it's not illegal for Playboy magazine to have all of those nude pictures on it from Hugh Hefner. That wasn't illegal. used to be. So a lot is out there that it's money-oriented, it's system-oriented, and parents are at a disadvantage because they're not educated in anything. A lot of mothers are not even at home. They're working. Somebody else is raising their kids or the kids raise themselves or a coach or something else. Parents are not educated. Grandparents, you know, we didn't talk about that. When our, we don't talk about that. We just turn the blind eye. Uh, a lot of religious abuse goes on in cults and churches, and uh, we saw that in the Catholic Church. And the archbishops just turn the blind eye to the priests that do it, and they just move them around, and they just close your door, and they don't talk about it. And it's done in Hollywood. They have that guy Weinstein, Harry Weinstein. They finally got him. They got um, the black guy who was that, Bill Cosby, you know, they uh, and how many years has that been going on? And we hear about Jeffrey Epstein and these rich people flying on over. How many years? Well, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of fingers in this. And an advocate who cares about the children, a lot of these children in the bathroom, Lori, even the transgenders, they are being groomed to Go into the adult world of sex. It's just the, or drug trafficking. Okay, that's just the way the the world works. So I had to learn that, but then I had to know that because being a pastor and helping people that way, every person who came into my phone call or met somewhere or wrote me a letter or I meet on LinkedIn or something. That happened to them in childhood. They're in the system. And I was to be a receiver and provide healing to them. So I I tried some advocacy But even in that, there's a lot of competition among the people who want to be advocates, to be seen we're helping society. We see that like with all these earthquakes and these floods. People want to be givers. They want to help people. So they'll give money for food and supplies. But in the meantime, how many kids are in foster care? Parents are getting divorced. They're abusing their kids blah 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 you know there's they even elderly abuse goes on okay so I had to be an advocate for the person the child the adult who had been abused I had to become their advocate okay and because I couldn't split my time as an advocate state, trying to get the state law changed i didn 't have the community connections to lawyers didn 't have a lot of money, but I understood the system I had talked to governors, judges I knew the the legal system I was a state victims advocate for those juveniles, children, and adults. I knew the crimes I knew I took the sheriff's. <laughs> citizens' schooling, understand what the police have to go through, understand a work, feel comfortable with the police and what they have to do with children and all that. Volunteer anywhere I could with abuse or mentally ill people, homeless people. I saw it from organizational sides. I saw it from street people's side. And I had to learn there's so many systems, you know, like we we'll say, the bathroom rules. I wasn't on the school board. My son had already graduated out of school. But when he was in it, I had to be a fighter against the teachers, the principals, the guidance counselors, the state law, the school board system. I had to be knowledgeable in order to get my son where I needed, I knew God wanted him to be. But now as a healer, I have to be an advocate for the person, the child, the teenager, who's been abused. That might mean I have to be an advocate for the parents who are abusing children or the guy who is in prison in solitary confinement. Okay? I've got to be his advocate for healing, even if it's just in a letter or a phone call because they need an advocate that cares about them and loves them. Is there anybody on the line, Victoria? Besides Lori, or is she gone? No, it's
0: uh, the three of us. Lori's still on, and you and I.
2: Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have any yep. comments, Miss Victoria? You. You're pretty good with.
0: <laughs> well, I like the point where you said, uh, "just um, you know," because I know a lot of people that have tried to help in their life you know, they come from the point of, like you said, being, why well, be nice and everything and, and, uh, you don't have the information. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard. It's a hard, uh, place to be when you're advocating. Um, you, like you said, the knowledge part, I think, is really important and also willing to do actions because it's not just. Yeah, it really. You know, yes, ma'am. Is correct. You, uh-huh.
2: And, I mean, of, a lot of people
0: are like, of, well, I want to do something, this is horrible. But they never yeah, take they, that stuff. They can't actually do something.
2: Uh, well, it is. Yeah. You have to be very self-confident, prepared. You have to know you're entering into a big battle. You have to know you got a job to get done, and if mm-hmm. you don't do your part, I've contacted governors, judges. Yeah. I've contacted business owners. I've mm-hmm. contacted people to say, "Excuse me, I pay in school systems. they get their money from the yep. property taxes. I had to right. and you have to be you gotta there's an attitude it has to be a certain type. You have to dress professionally, you have to be able to talk mm-hmm. professionally, look professional. I've done a lot what you do, bitch. I've been out there at those tables, those booths, handing out stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. I've been to those things where you are promoting what you do, okay, as a ministry, I have been in flea markets promoting it. You have to be very Mm -hmm. people-oriented, self-assured. But you have to have knowledge. You have to be able to talk quickly to people, hug Mm -hmm. people understand the person you're hugging may be a drug dealer a drug mm-hmm. cartel person
1: a lady yeah. who
2: comes with kids she may just have beaten her kids up okay i have seen abuse happen to <coughs> a pastor to a child we i was at an outreach did a lot of those giving out food with a lot of churches on saturdays this pastor comes up to a, about a nine-year-old girl she's holding a handful of grapes, and just grabs over there without asking her and steals the grapes. And he gives this horrible smile to her. And her look on her face was, you just raped me. You stole from me. You bullied me. You did not ask me. He raped that girl right there emotionally stealing her grapes. And I had to take care of business with her and pray with her to get that junk off of her. But she was abused emotionally by a pastor who thought it was funny to come and take without permission an object that belonged to a nine-year-old girl. Okay? And if you don't watch behaviors and study nonverbal communication and eyes and looks with eyes, you you won't see it going on. And if you don't understand transgenders, I sat in with a transgender group on their board of directors. I walked in there. I gave them some information. I said, I love you guys. There's so much depression and suicide. Every one of the transgenders are in counseling with therapists. I sat in their support groups. And the heartache of the parents and the children and the adults, the military I sat and listened I watched their heartache It's a turmoil that's going on On the inside of them I, And if you don't Get out into those states Most of them want you there Then I go to a, a true church Sit among them And I just Love on them And I'm just there by myself And I volunteer And they're, they're uh, clothing and when they give food away and I got asked by the board of directors to leave because they were afraid my love was going to hurt them, disrupt them from what they were teaching but I never said anything to anybody see I was willing to put myself out there and learn about these people and what they're dealing with and listen to them Read about them, study them, volunteered in the family law. understand parents, the lawyers, the judges, the social workers. understand crime. got to understand you've got to be a part of feel comfortable with the police. the social workers volunteered as a chaplain in the local community. stayed in the hospital, emergency room. got to do that, so you become you can do advocacy. You're not going to be able to change the system. It's too big, too many different things. You can change the laws. You know, we know the laws get changed. You won't change the behaviors of, we'll call them the perpetrators. Okay? Just because the law says you're not to drink and drive, does that stop people from drinking and driving? No. No. Does there's a law that says you're not to abuse children or elderly? Does that stop people from doing that? No. Is there a law that you're not to uh, lie on your taxes? and put, Does that stop people from doing that? No. Is there a law about cheating and illegal gambling and blah, blah, blah? Yes. Corruption and politics? Yes. Does that stop it? No. So I had to learn, even though you pass a law that's good, and you get it at the state level or the federal level or whatever. Sometimes it's driven by political parties. Sometimes it's driven by money. Sometimes it's driven by trade. Sometimes it's driven by just lust. You can change the law, but it ain't going to change humanity's behaviors. And so what happens is, I I had to choose where I put my energy. And I was called to love people and help people. I became an advocate for the person who had been abused. And I had to have a lot of knowledge. And I had to understand that they needed some healing. They may not have known it. And they were afraid of it. Many of them are. And if they had any kind of programming done, or they were being used by others for other things through the programming, we saw the Manchurian Candidate. A lot of your uh, back in the '60s, there's a great book called Psychic Roamers or Viewers. They found military men who moved outside of their body spiritually. They didn't understand it. They would put them in a room, and they would go on a trip and they'd go to Vietnam and they'd write down and draw pictures of what they saw. They Also in the military and the CIA, they did a lot with LSD, hallucinogenics using prisoners, trying to develop certain kind of soldiers. And they would use LSD and stuff. They would try to get these men to be able to stare at a goat and kill them with just looks. A lot of research going on. Okay, for military purposes. I had to study that. And there was a lot of religious things happening. I had to study that. And then what happened is I had to study, okay, I knew what happened in mental health counseling because I'd been one. And I had to study how does healing occur, helping people the Lord's way, the spiritual way, ministry way. What were the different stages of of the healing process and then I had to be able to help them to see you can be somebody different than who you are and a lot of them are afraid if they give up their system of parts disassociation they're going to get in trouble they don't know how to live without them they know the rules, you know. We'll say if you're a prostitute, they don't like it. But their minds think differently. In uh, young boys, up in New York, I worked with a group, the Trevor House, uh, and what it was is young boys and even girls who are homeless, run away from home, out on the streets. They will have what they call survival sex. They will have sex with anybody, a bed, a shelter, maybe one meal for the night. In their mind, they have taken care of themselves, provided safety and security from the weather. They have a bed to sleep on. They pay the price, but they disassociate. But they are very proud that... They are the only ones taking care of themselves. There's nobody else. So their minds think differently than, we'll say, normal society. Then I had to study normal society. What is the normal way of thinking about sex? Childhood. When the ACEs came out, I talked to Bill a lot about this. They discovered even a parent's divorce, single parent living. A mother or father or brother gets sick. They're in an accident. That has an adverse effect on the child. Single parent, parent in jail or prison, raised by grandma, auntie, okay? A lot of uncles around, a lot of rituals around the family, that kind of thing. I had to study all of that. Then I had to study culture, different religions, different faiths, history, so that when somebody came to me, I could be an advocate of healing for them. Can't change the system on one little person, right? I have no, not a, politi- a politician, not a lawyer, not a judge. I don't sit in the state government. But I could be an healing advocate for that person. I could be their support when they needed to call. I could teach them. I could let them cry. I understood them. Uh, I, sometimes I was the only one that loved them. I think Victoria, when I talked to you just a couple of days ago, we talked about the Equinine therapy. And how you had a sponsor in AA who loved you before you could love yourself. That is what I became to abuse children. They, Mm -hmm. children, as we know, you you give
0: too, You talked about the people that you help and stuff that come in contact with you. I also want to let people know that there's also a ripple effect. You know, the people Mm -hmm. that you're helping can help other people because... Yes. you've helped them you know and because that person cared enough about me to help me um you know mm-hmm. I can help other people so I want people to know that That's right. you know That's right. um you don't have to go out and do some math type of you know um organization or whatever um one person to one person can can do a lot mm-hmm. of healing That's right. And
2: it's
0: the
2: thing fun is to
0: talk about there to Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's some people call to be called them uh, advocates in the system. Okay, all those different systems, and we see them out there in all the conferences and uh, and mm-hmm. the state governments. And, okay, that's wonderful, and they spend their time, their energy, and that's, and they get laws passed, and you know, every, that's wonderful. But that didn't stop in human behavior. You can have all the laws you want to. It doesn't stop and change human behavior. If you watch that movie, The Equalizer One with Denzel Washington, he's a wonderful Christian man. When he, uh, not that one. Uh, no, it's that one. The one with Liam Neeson and his daughter was t- I can't even think. Taken, taken one. When he finds his daughter. Okay, she had been taken from people from Albania, I think, who were making money. Kidnapping the girls in all many different ways, having boyfriends lie to them. And they were selling them to Arabs, okay, because the Arabs like the white skin. And he, he was working through this French guy, and the guy says, Look, it's nothing against you personally, buddy. This is just business that means money. I'm making money selling a product, not against, the, I really don't know your daughter, I don't know you, I don't care about that, I just want to make money. That's what it's all about, money, lust, greed, pleasure. And you start with the children, and you get them disassociated, like Victoria, you were with many different parts. And they, they, if they're a, a known programmer, they can call up a part. You go do something, and you don't even have the memory that you did it. Okay? It's just things are done. You do them, and you have no guilt, because you don't remember you even did it. So I had to learn that, and I had to be an advocate for healing. I had to let the people know. That's what AA did for you, he says, hey, there's hope. You can't do this on your own. It's not about yoga. It's not aromatherapy. It's we are going to get there, and we're going to have somebody love you got the drugs and alcohol out, you know, you've gone to a program. Now we can work with your brain, but we're going to start with love. And we're going to get you going weekly. I think you said, you told me you were still going, I think, Victoria, right?
1: To oh, AA absolutely, and, yeah.
2: Okay? It's a lifetime on commitment, okay? Right. And there's a great movie if to watch this occur in. It's called Days of Wine and Roses with Jack Lemon. Lee Remick, excellent about this businessman, how he became an uh, an alcoholic. His wife became one. She loved chocolate, believe it or not. You can become addicted to anything. There's one lady I knew. Her father was an alcoholic. So she chose not to drink, but she became an alcoholic to buying things, getting a credit card, buying, 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 buying. Okay, Mm -hmm. It's, It's an obsession. So. It still does the same thing in the brain. The same chemicals are going off. You can do food, bingo. It doesn't matter.
1: It can and be a
2: workaholic. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So what I had to do was study all that, and you get some of that when you're in mental health counseling. But somewhere along the line, you know, you either choose to work with adults or children or teens, and there's special uh, classes you take to do that and play therapy and stuff. And uh you know helping you express yourself and things like that, but what happens is I became an advocate a a healer for the worst kind of abuse abuse people you could ever imagine that now they weren't in jail or prison; they were business people, real estate owners, policemen, school teachers, gynecologists, dentists, normal average everyday people out there who had a life another great movie to see that and how it works sort of spiritually is the end of days with Arnold Schwarzenegger and you can see how one people's religious beliefs can affect a child your life and you don't even know what's going on and um, so I had to learn through movies through books Uh, Some things, there's a great book that's very hard to read. It's called Michelle Remembers. Some people have discounted it. This lady up in Canada, she's a therapist, and she goes sort of into a self-hypnotic trance, and she starts having all these memories. And the psychiatrist is um, recording her talking, and they write a book about it. And um, then when she's finished with all of her memories, she was done. It was all out horrible story about it and they didn't know if it was real or not you know he just recorded it and wrote the book and but they found evidence that it was true Now she's on a you know an adult way on down the road from this when it all happened to her as a child within her family there's enough true stories out there that people have written about and uh, poems they've written and pictures they've written and You go back into history and you read a lot of biographies and things like that about people. And this has been going on. It will always go on. It's about the human heart, the human mind. It's about basic biological needs. It's about uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. It's about darkness versus light, good versus bad, pleasure, you know, abuse. Grooming, uh, I get real upset a lot of times when I hear people say the human traffickers are grooming them on social media. Honey, if those kids are already on social media sending their pictures out, their parents have already groomed them to do that. Society has done that. Uh, cartoons do that. Parents out on social media. Pictures. I've already. Okay. been through their adverse childhood experiences. Uh, There's no protection. They've grown up without knowledge and everything. And the enemy's just out there. If you ever study animals, and a baby is being born out in the wilderness, okay? The smells from the birth attract the hyenas and the lions, and sometimes the baby just gets out on the ground, and here they come. Others, they're trying to just stand up and walk. And the enemy is out there because they want food to eat. And the babies have to be protected. And they're vulnerable for a long, long time. Then what happens if you study the animal kingdom? Uh, This one guy did an excellent job. talked about a big elephant. You'd think an elephant, you couldn't get a mature elephant down, but a pack of wolves. Pack of hyenas and lions, all coming together, can take a, lion, a big elephant down. So you have to study nature. You have to understand warfare. You have to understand humanity, ancient history, and how people have interacted with children and and what children, what adults believe about children and things like that. So what happens is when somebody's been abused in childhood, it affects them. How would you say, Victoria, you got affected?
0: How did I get affected? Oh, so many ways. (laughs) Um, One experience was uh, I was uh, um, probably three or four years old, and my grandparents drank, so they go to the bars all the time, and... uh, I can remember these guys would grab me and put them on their lap, me on their laps and I wear dresses so they'd put their hands up inside my skirt and funnel me. And,
1: okay, and so on let's
0: them,
2: just you know, stop. Okay, let's stop time. right there.
1: Huh?
2: All right, just stop okay. right there. Just stop mm-hmm. right there.
1: Okay.
2: Where was your mom and dad? Why were you going to bars with your grandparents? Oh. Ch- okay, and I'm saying okay, my- is that's a childhood mm-hmm. adverse mm-hmm. experience right there for you. Yes. The grandparents... Yeah exposed mm-hmm. you okay yeah. so who do you blame for that mm-hmm. my question mm-hmm. would be where's mama where's daddy why aren't you mm-hmm. at home mm-hmm. why are your grandparents taking you, okay now because okay so i don't blame the person who's pulling up your dress okay mm-hmm. because he's just doing we'll say what he does but you mm-hmm. had no protection those who yeah. were uh given you were supposed to be protecting you, watching mm-hmm. over you. Were negligent, and they yeah. let you out to the enemy. Basically, all right. What right. else? How? Do, what were the okay. three areas within yourself? Not so much what happened, but, uh, mm-hmm. sense of love, belonging, safety. Um, mm-hmm. What?
1: Mm-hmm. Ha, what
2: were three areas that you know? Uh, happened, uh, we'll say interviews, three areas that you needed to get healing from?
0: Oh, um, the fact that my grandma told me that my mom didn't want me. She was going to adopt me anyone. louis went, yeah, wanted me. Okay, so let's stop
2: me. right there. Okay, let's stop mm-hmm. right there. That's rejection of your mother. Rejection yeah. of a parent. Okay. All right. So then, what was the other? What would be another one? That's a big one. That's a big one. That's a big one.
0: Yeah. And and basically, um, my grandpa, my grandmother is saying that they had to take us, and therefore, w- we always felt like we were burdens, you know. To them. Okay.
2: Yes. When you when a grandparent <laughs> or somebody says, "I have to date you," because your mother yeah. doesn't want
1: you. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yes. Yeah. You as the child interpret that you don't love me either. I am a burden mm-hmm. to you, but you're doing this for who knows what, but that tells you, you don't love me, you don't mm-hmm. want me. That's rejection again, double rejection from grandma and grandpa. Mama doesn't yeah. want you. Okay, so we got double-pounded rejection on top yeah. of rejection. Okay. Okay, one more. And
0: then my co father came back to my life at 15 And sexually abused me and told me he's waiting until I was old enough.
2: (laughs) Yes. Okay. And continued to abuse me. Right, right. So what happens is uh, you can see from those foundational people of your life, biological mother, biological father, biological grandparents, nobody loved you. No, mm-hmm. you were a, bur- you know, they said you were a burden, and then here comes your father. Okay, mm-hmm. and he sexually mm-hmm. abuses you. All right, and can carbon you carbon. imagine? Yes. Mm-hmm. And now I'm not no. going to blame any of them, mm-hmm. because can you imagine mm-hmm. in their childhood, what they grew up with? They are just right. um, emulating repeating Mm -hmm. what happened to them. And we call that curses, generational issues, ancestors coming into your Mm -hmm. life, okay, from their life, passing it on down the road, okay? And then you were sort of just, hey, you showed up. You didn't do anything to get the egg and the sperm together. You just grew in the womb. Mm Okay, so, and whether you were a mistake or not, you know, and what happens is they then put their issues on you. They produce, right. and if and you understand how a fruit works, they'll say the apple yep. doesn't fall very far from the tree. Okay, right. so you became just like them, and all they knew to do is to turn you the way they got turned. And so mm-hmm. then you okay are a mess,
1: mm-hmm. and you got
2: into the drugs and the alcohol because you're in a mess, and yeah. and then once you get off that, the true love that you needed from somebody came through your sponsor in AA. Yeah. And parents 24. don't under, Yep, parents don't understand the value and what love does or what rejections does to a child and what their words say and don't say. And so a lot of people who are trying to help abused uh, children or adults really aren't very well educated in any of this. There really yeah. are no true... It, when you're going through master's school... <laughs> It, psychology gets you into lab rats, research, PhDs. You have to write grants to get research for medicine and treatment. You're really not interested in counseling. Then there's the school mm-hmm. guidance counselor. They're more interested in your academics. Social workers believe if I can change your family, your education, your mm-hmm. educational level, your money, then you will be Okay.
1: Uh, right.
2: Your psychiatrist believes you've got some kind of chemical imbalance in your brain. If we can just get the right chemicals in there at the right level, you'll be okay. You won't have all these feelings. And if we can't, then we just drug you up enough, you know, with stuff, and
1: mm-hmm.
2: you won't—you just gonna be lethargic, and you won't be any problem to society because we don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. So I it's just shock into shock, brain. Yeah, they that was a big thing. They don't do it too much now, but they still do yeah, it. Yeah, they, do. They, know they do. they
0: just keep it, they keep it. under wraps. They're still they're yes. still willing people in warfare just as fast as they ever were. It's just kept under wraps.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the thing I, I is, know. they're trying. Yeah. yeah, what they're trying to do is change the electrical system mm-hmm. in your brain. Burn th- uh, uh like what they have, um, believe it or not, if you have AFib on your heart, a triple fibrillation mm-hmm. somewhere, and they can't control it with medication or something, they go in there and they will take something and burn certain nerves out, and that will just stop it. So the electrical shock, you know, that was done years and years ago, and it probably worked for some people. You know, and it probably shorted out certain parts of the brain, burned out certain things, overpowered Mm. other things. And they're trying to get whatever you're thinking about, the Uh chemicals to stop. You know that? And if you study insane asylums from years ago, I actually went and did one and you study the different treatments that they used and why they believe that, the doctors were struggling. And there were stories about um, uh, this one, Betty Davis, I think it was Betty Davis, she played in a movie about her mother and her, and she ended up in a private sanitarium, and there would be unwanted kids and she only found was able to come out of her mess when she found love and uh she uh then was sort of adopted a child and loved it and i think um, another lady played called the snake pit think god is out there with movies stories books videos now you know out there true stuff mm-hmm. Trying to expose all of this Show people And there's so much history About um, mm-hmm. How they used to deal with it They, You're lucky, mm-hmm. Victoria They didn't do something called Trepanning Which they would cut mm-hmm. a hole in the top of your brain Your skull Take the bone part out And they believed bad fumes And spirits needed to be released from there And if they did yeah. that Okay, that would happen. Then they used to believe it they got bad blood. Grandfather,
0: and... They gave my grandfather a lobotomy.
2: Yeah, that was all He was all a the, and violent alcoholic. It...
0: And they couldn't give yep. him enough drugs to calm him down. Yeah. They would have like eight mm-hmm. guys when he when he got into a rage. And that's without the mm-hmm. alcohol. His alcohol, the only way damages mm-hmm. And they couldn't do anything with him. So right. Finally well, gave, see, they,
2: they had a lobotomy. The lobotomy. And they st- I think uh, the Kennedys, one of the Kennedys' children who uh, they uh, had, I think her name was Dorothy, I think that was her name. She had a lobotomy. It was mm-hmm. a simple way you go up the brain, up the nose, take something, and it, and it cuts the frontal lobe. You have no feelings, no emotions. You're just. Mm-hmm. A, right. Okay. And they were trying because they didn't really know what was going on. And so there's been so much. So I had to study all of that. And I had to study the history of that. So I had to learn about being an advocate for healing like you. I had to understand what was happening to your brain when the abuse was happening. I had to study out-of-body experience. Experiences, near-death experiences, ritual abuse, sexual abuse, satanic abuse, cult abuse. I had to understand mind programming, the monarch mind control, MK, Ultra, CIA, all of this stuff. I'm going, this was not taught in master school. I had to understand about multiple personalities. I thought, I'll get this guy. These people do that, you know. And it was an unbelievable stuff I was learning. There's, and I had to get it from many different books. But when you become an advocate for people, you can choose to advocate for the change in the system. But it doesn't stop people from yeah. doing it. Right. I sat in the juvenile, the children's court as an advocate, guarding ad litem for the judge. Sat in there, days in which I watched the parents fight. I watched the lawyers on both sides. Watch watched the social workers, the kids, the judge. And the law here in Florida was the, ju- the family judges believe And they get their beliefs from social work, psychology, child them that the child really wants to be with their biological parents. And that's the best place for them. When I first started getting into a lot of law stuff, early 90s, I think, Bill President Bill Clinton had come out. Kids were in foster care and languishing in there for years and years and years because the parents would go to jail or they wouldn't change or something. And he actually passed a law that says the, the social workers had about two years. Either that parent gets their life together and we start the process of reconciliation or we start the process to terminate the parental rights. The judges didn't want to do that. They believed the children wanted to be with their parents no matter how bad they were. And I had... Personal knowledge of this One of my aunts who's dead now She had some mental Serious mental problems Television talking to her Running outside without any clothes on And her three children Stayed with her Through that So I know My mother tried to commit suicide Several times I know how children Feel towards their parents So in the foster care system the judge, the law, the government is always trying to return the child back to the parents or back to the family members. I said as the guardian ad litem, okay, so this mama can't do it and this dad can't do it. Well, we got an aunt over in another state. They're going to be in the system, okay? So I saw that. I saw the judge just almost in tears saying he prayed because he wanted to do the right thing for the child. But you don't get a lot of child development when you're a judge, you're getting law, and I just watched, just learned, and I had to understand the system that the children were in. I went and volunteered in their the kids' house, understand play therapy, understand foster care understand how that system works, adoption. I called up the local uh, state adoption people from the state of Florida here in Pensacola. said, look, I'm a minister, and, and I've taught court-ordered parenting classes. They'll have one of their books. To court-ordered parents to take parenting, it was a six- or eight-week class that the judge ordered because they didn't know anything about child development. So I said, look, I want to understand the child, what you teach, uh, why these children are put up for adoption. And I said, I want to adopt. So they allowed me as a volunteer, as a pastor, to sit in a six- or eight-week class of potential, uh, potential adoptive parents and to teach the adoptive parents about the emotional issues of these children that they're fixing to or choose to adopt. I sat then on the parenting classes again for court-ordered parents. I wanted to know what these parents were being taught, what they didn't know. I sat and listened. I listened to the teacher. I paid attention. And I learned the parents of most kids don't know a diddly squat about parenting a child. I have no knowledge of emotional development, maturity, no birds and bees talk, nothing. And most of the parents have issues themselves. When you are trying to be an advocate, say, for NASCA, whichever area you choose, you must be educated, knowledgeable, be a good talker, have a phone number, be willing to talk to people, write letters, Okay, be uh, doing seminars. You can do them now on YouTube and stuff like that, um, that kind of thing. And you can't be really buddy-buddy with people because you might have to go up to a school board representative and say, I didn't vote for you, but let me tell you what the law says. And I had to do that with guidance counselors, school people, to fight for my son so he could get on to college without being bullied by the system. I saw the system. You learn systems. But you're more of an advocate for your child. And I used to ask my child, you want me to talk to him or you want to talk to him? You'll see some people that, hey, Dick, I'll go to the bathroom with you. I'll just stand guard here if that's what it takes. Oh, well, parents can't do that. Mama's working. Mama's not married. She she just leaves the kids to the wolves Okay The kids are left alone There's no dad, there's no protection Okay, like you Victoria, you were left to the wolves The wolves were your grandparents Your mama, whatever The guy in the bar and The whole world And you didn't have any choice, did you? None at all And what happens is God gave you the gift You're not dead and you're mm-hmm. actually healed, yep. and you got rid of most of your stuff. So mm-hmm. I like to tell advocates of children just tell the child, mm-hmm. hey, you got to, hey, the enemy came, took a good hit at you, and maybe you were yep. bullied and on the ground by many different people, but you're not dead. Mm-hmm. You left your body. Okay. It's still here. Your mind may have separated yeah. and all this stuff. It's a mess, but you're not dead mm-hmm. yet. And there's hope, And I had to learn how to be an ambassador of hope and love. And I worked with some of the most horrendous people and they couldn't believe that somebody mm-hmm. would love them. Yeah. And I, and they go, Don't you and yeah, don't you they go, don't say,
1: they would, if they you They say they
0: really knew they didn't care about me and I said, It doesn't matter you know. That's and, right. and they just and don't I, get I, it because I, they're nice. Not-
1: no,
2: no, they and what an advocate for them has to say is I know what you did because I studied it doesn't matter to me and they go yeah but don't you know how? I had this guy his name was Al he's in heaven now uh, he couldn't believe I wanted to spiritually adopt him and be his mama and love him on the phone he couldn't believe it because he said before you do that I want to tell you my story so he told me in a letter he had somebody write at the very end, he said, do you still love me? Do you really want me? I said, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. And, okay. And I walked him to death. And he made a lot of mistakes because he of parts. I said, that's all right. I ain't going anywhere. And they can't believe mm-hmm. it. I'm sure when you, your sponsor first started loving on you, you can't believe it. You just can't yeah. believe it. And it takes... You can't believe that this stuff is real. Oh, it's going to hurt. It's going to turn on me. They're they're just lying. And it takes a steady, loving, we'll say advocate, healer to stay in there with you year after year after year. I had this guy who was a heavy metal drummer of a very powerful heavy metal music. It was years before he would accept a card from me. He would accept uh, just words as love. Couldn't believe it because he'd been so badly hurt by love. And um, they would do horrible things and go, you still love me? Yeah. They'd try to kill me. You still love me? Yeah. And I had to hold and hold, and that's what your sponsor did. And that's what good sponsors do, AA and stuff. But a mental health counselor ain't gonna do that. If you run out, a lot of times you run out. of Don't need more insurance. That's over with. I've moved on. I've left. You know, I retire. They're not there. But a good advocate stays with you for your lifetime. Don't matter. You're my child. You're my kid. I brought you up in AA, and that's just the way it's gonna be. And I ain't letting you go. So you got any questions or you want to make any comments because it is already 8.15. Oh my.
0: <laughs> I'm to fly. Well, Lori, would you like to ask any questions
1: or make any comments? Well, um, at first it was good to hear your voice. I haven't listened in a long, long time. Um, today I'm learning other things from a different angle. Uh, I never thought to look at things the way you do, but like, what do you, do you know, mean by that, Lori? What do you mean, different angle? I may more do it than not even think about it. I'm a different. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm a biker from New York. We do things uh-huh. differently than you do. Yes, I know do. about the biker. I know about the biker. And we get the results we need because everybody is just so slow. Um, getting anything done and things mm-hmm. happening when they are. So mm-hmm. we just step in and, you know, we adopt the kids. We make yeah, sure that we, all, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, to hear from handle, you, or, yeah. you know, a, a definite different kind of attitude that you take than us is eye-opening for me. And what is that different attitude? Mm-hmm. So you have you're very very um, like a snuggly tight person who is laid back, and anyone could probably tell you things because you have that kind of personality. I when you're
2: a, a loving
1: mother, okay, I'm sure in the biker world, when a young
2: kid comes up to the big guys. Those big guys, they, they're the sweetest, tenderest, loving, and the little child feels so safe. Being a healer, you have to present several different. Against the enemy, you got to be tough. you got to present tough, professional. The bikers do that, you know, with their jackets and their big bikes. The little kids feel like you're my superman. When I'm in your arms and you're looking at me, I feel safe. And your safety makes me let my guard down. I can love you. And you love me because and I feel safe with you. Love has to come in. They have to feel safe with you. And when Owl told me his story, I have it up on the website and stuff. They don't know if they can trust you. Are you going to leave me? Are you going to be there for me? I've had, Owl used to... Did some horrible stuff. Got high on when I had to get him up in New York City. I had to call some girl to get him to the hospital. Got to be there for him. Okay, they'll come to you and apologize for bad things they did. I walked out down the aisle in the satanic meeting to his death. He was glad to go. He was going to take the fear of death out for so many people, and he wanted to go out like Jesus Christ with no demons at all. I walked out all the way to the to the end. Stuck with him no matter what he did. And a lot of people have to see that. You you stay. That's what the sponsor was. I'm with you every week. I ain't going to let you escape. I'm coming to get you. You aren't going to go anywhere because I've got a hold on you now. And Victoria stayed. So even a biker presents strong. You've you got attitude. When you're dealing with the world systems that bad stuff. You got to have attitude. You got to be knowledgeable, tough. I come from a military family. My dad served with General Patton. My husband's a Navy photographer, flew in planes. I've been in the military my whole life. Special ops. You put me behind the enemy lines. I had been in church taking guns off of people, taking machetes off of them, had to, had to back down juveniles who were trying to rape me, been almost raped, been almost killed in my home, shot at. I had to have a tough toughness and yet a sweetness. When I'm talking to abused people, okay, that are seeking help, healing, love, they have to. They're checking you out. I've had people come and say, well, I don't know about you. And they, they want to kill me because that love is so powerful. And, they, and they're checking to see can it hold. I think, go right ahead. If you ever study the story of Nikki Cruz with uh, David Wilkerson up in New York, Nikki Cruz was a gang member and uh, David Wilkerson was Assembly seminary Government Minister. He went up there and told Nikki, when he was a young teenager, you can stab me and cut me into pieces, but every piece of me laying on that sidewalk is going to cry out to you and say, I love you. And that touched Nicky and changed his life. You go read his story about Nicky Cruz and David Wilkerson. Excellent. I think there's a movie with um, Pat Boone, Run Nicky Run or something like that. Love is the most powerful healing thing there is. But it has to have, it's powerful to the one that needs healing. But the one that needs healing needs to know, I can be safe with you. You can protect me. You've got knowledge. You don't want anything from me. You're not trying to get anything from me. You don't want to use me anything you just want to love, and they don't understand that love so i had to explain a lot and do a lot of talking and stuff okay go ahead Lori. about eight yeah minutes Lori, could you, you were saying
0: about the uh, um adopting children or whatever um are you talking about within the group that you're in talking your about
1: adopting children right yeah you yeah. know my thing is that Mm NASCA comes in and uh, passes Deborah. here gives information people listen to it and then they go and do research to find out you know is this the road I want to go down to and you know you've got so many people with different kind of needs that I think this Mm -hmm. is necessary uh, for kids that's how it has to be yeah
0: well that's why we like to have different guests on is that You know, um, different people are coming from different ways of healing and different ways of helping children. Um, You know, um, that's why we want to have different guest speakers, you know, um, and people telling stories because we all have different stories that have happened to us. But, you know, um, Pastor Deborah is a healer, so she's coming from one point. Um, I've, you know, a lot of abuse myself and I've been sharing my story for a long time. And it went through a lot of different kinds of getting help, and I share that, and I think I share what uh, what's helped me and what hasn't helped me along the way. and uh, I'm always interested in finding out you know what other people are doing, and uh, what other people are you know most important thing is uh, helping children, you know um, intervention and uh, um, you know taking action um. You know, just by having the radio show, to me, is very important, because there are a lot of people out there that that are just starting on their healing journey. And for me, when I heard somebody else speak at an event, it was like I'm not alone. You know, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one. And even though I knew there were other people and they shared their feelings, a lot of times we don't remember a person's story, but when they re- interact with you, you uh, Remember how you felt when you were talking to them or listening to them. And to me, that's really important. It's more what people portray or feel. When you, could, you could just feel good feelings from people and some people you feel negative feelings from. And uh, I don't know. I just, but like you, know, I just feel that there's a good concern there and a caring, you know, just just by the little that you've talked and you haven't really talked that much. <laughs> But um, my number is on the website. I'm the Minnesota ambassador for NASCA. And my phone number is on the website if anybody wants to reach mm-hmm. out. You don't have to be in Minnesota to call me or any of the other people that are on the list. There are under ambassadors and contact people. So um, feel free to reach out if you'd like. And well, I appreciate,
2: you, come. Right. I appreciate mm-hmm. you always coming on. You're always there for me, Victoria. I can always count on you. Oh, thank you, thank you. And And then I went went
0: with my mom for a while in uh, the carnival, and that was a whole Mm -hmm. other lifestyle. (laughs) Being a carny, yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you know. And my daughter is a a sober Harley rider with her husband, and and so they had a whole different type of a group than the bikers that my mom and I were in contact with. As a matter of fact, my mother left my dad and went to a bike gang and knew that she was going in there and pretty much was the property of the bike gang. Uh, Mm -hmm. And to her, she told me that was better than being with my dad.
2: Yeah. And there's what you start learning in that, Victoria, is there are generational issues that probably were not dealt with, and they get dumped on our lap as children and that's why mm-hmm. you have to do the forgiveness route because they've got unresolved issues themselves and probably came yeah. from their parents. And my mother mm-hmm. had that, and she brought that into the marriage, into the parenting. And without her seeking help herself, of course, in the military mm-hmm. you don't, it causes mm-hmm. the families, you know, and it travels the generations. So a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff is generational. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so when you are there for those as an advocate of healing Now mm-hmm. I can be an advocate the other way too You know, if you've had I used to go to Washington, D.C. and lobby for mental health counseling I was very comfortable with senators, congressmen in the Senate, and the, uh, been to the state legislature and stuff uh, Been a district rep, like sort of a congressman You have to have those experiences Those are all volunteer Because you have to get that level so you can have confidence and you understand that form of system, law. Then, that, then you have to work in the community, volunteer, and understand how the community organizations work. You know, you volunteer with child victims and stuff. And then you have to get a lot of education and read a lot of books and you have to volunteer and you have to, uh, you know, go in workplaces and be with churches and different areas of ministry, so to speak, work with children, volunteer with children, get to know the police, the sheriff's department, get to know the lawyers, um, volunteer. Uh, Go to the jails, volunteer in those, the juvenile detention, you know, you get your, and once you get that, you get a pretty good idea of the system, and I did that, so I have a good knowledge of the systems that are involved, and then you have to have a lot of healing, you know, read a lot of books. Uh, read true stories, but I'm going to stop now. It's eight. We've got about two minutes yeah, in Victoria we're just about, you yeah, can close close that, us yeah. out. Yeah, close us mm-hmm. out. So I want to I want to
0: read a quick God. Uh, this is Nazca Serenity prayer. Please grant me the serenity to stop beating myself up for not doing things quickly, the courage to forgive myself because I always try my best, and the wisdom to know that I am a good person with a kind heart. And I'm going to play the music.
1: let do